Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hello, hello out there at Chicagoland and reaching all over the world here at AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, right out of Chicago, beaming across the world. Get out there and check out the AM 1160 app. Get it downloaded. You can listen to us from anywhere out there. Uh, also, go out and check out faithmarketplace.com. We've got all the shows out there for the past, oh gosh, we've been on nine years now. I can't, I can't believe it. Podcasts, you can listen to those. We've had some fabulous interviews, and today is no exception, other than the fact that I've got somebody in the house here you're going to want to know more about. But first of all, here at Faith Marketplace, we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from a marketplace leader. I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace and the founding partner of the Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies, and their teams advanced business development and sales skills. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At the Samurai Business Group, we say, we put the win back in your sails. <laughs> hey, I want to introduce to you today, Damon Howard. He is the Director of Education Initiatives with Together Chicago. Now, I've known about this for a while, but I'm just guessing there's a whole bunch of you folks out there may not be aware of this phenomenal program that's going on. Welcome, Damon. Bob, thank you so much for having me today. This is great. I feel the energy. Uh, the energy's palpable. I am ready. <laughs> you so are ready. <laughs> I, I've been waiting for this one because Absolutely. Uh, we are connected with several people that I admire and appreciate and have enormous respect for, David Doman and uh, Marco Helleran, which I've known for a number of years, yeah. too. But uh, And Nicole connected us. And Nicole connected us. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I got to get her on one of these absolutely. days. Absolutely. took a pass on me last time. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I want to, let's let's let the audience know a little bit about, you You gave me a quote that mm. obviously has some significance to you. Why don't you share that with the audience? Nothing of significance is going to be accomplished by one man or one woman bands. Bob, I have not done research to really figure out the inception, like who, who came up. I don't know. I don't okay. know. But I've owned it. I've taken that thing, and I'm running with it. Reason being, I have a mentor who means the world to me by the name of Mark Chasman. Yep. Uh, you might be yeah, familiar with the Emerging you Leaders bet. Initiative. You bet. I've gone through every iteration of ELI for yep. the last decade, right? And Mark... Working alongside me really helped me to understand the value of not trying to do life on my own, do Uh. ministry, do business on my own. When I first met Mark, I was a church planner on the west side of Chicago. Um, and I'll keep this part short because this might be something that we elaborate on in yep, a moment. We're elaborate on it. But as a church planner on the west side of Chicago, I was just running, seeking somebody to help me, <laughs> to help me to figure out, like, why aren't people showing up for my church? This and that. And what Mark helped me to understand is that I was trying to do too much on my own in, um, energy. Right. And, and you would think as a seminarian that I was trained enough to know that, you know, I needed people to help. But obviously the way that I was executing my work. I wasn't living into that, and I was burning myself out. Yep. Nothing of significance is going to be done by people trying to do life on their own. Yep, 
I, I agree with you. But, you know, it's a hard lesson to learn. Mm. It's really tough because you're inspired, you're excited, and you really want to get into it, and nobody can do it any better than you. Tell me you know? about <laughs> it. And at the time, I was still in my late 20s, early 30s, yep. so okay. there was this energy that I thought was sustained. Yep. Time has proven that it doesn't sustain, right? <laughs> uh, that I was also driving, you know, I was running with that energy as well at the time. Hey, well, what do you want the folks to, today to take, take away from the show today? The biggest takeaway that I hope folks understand is that as we link up, as we come together, we can bring about the type of change that can bring transformation, hear this part, to the education system in the city of Chicago. The reason I am emphasizing that as a key take home for myself Mm -hmm. is based on the fact that our kids in Chicago deserve better. Mm -hmm. Our families, particularly, again, in some pockets on the south and west side of the city, deserve better. And here's the thing. Sometimes we in our own silos and our own spaces might start to believe and think that we can't do anything to impact change. But I've been able to learn of models. I've been able to now experiment long enough that I know that everybody coming to the table with something, with their willingness to be the hand, with my willingness to be an elbow, we can link up, become a body, a unified force that brings about change that the city is is waiting for. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another part we're going to get into about absolutely. your background because I want the folks to know about that. Uh, that is, the message is clear. And yeah. It's obvious. I can see it in your eyes. I can hear it in your voice, uh, the passion that you mm. have for this and, and also some of your background. But let's take it back a little bit, okay? Let's, let's take let the it audience, back. Let's take it back a little bit. Let's let this audience know. You come out of Christian, bouncing Christian baby boy? Is that Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Well, sh- share with the audience your background. So <laughs> I, I hear um, I hear an invitation yes. for me to go back to the beginning. But yeah. do you want me to take that all the way through yeah, where we well, are right now? Just take it up. Let's there. go. Yeah, come on, Let's man. go. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. As you stated, um, I was born in a Christian household. OK. Um, I had a single mom mm-hmm. and I had a grandma who were mom, grandma, dad, granddad, yeah, and everything right. for me yeah. uh, growing up on the south side of Chicago. I vividly remember instances whereby I had to walk through the alley to get mm. to my elementary school because my mom and grandma thought it was uh, too risky for me to be walking by myself down 79th Street, okay. uh, which is a street we lived off of uh-huh. when I was coming up. I want to really kind of fast forward to a pivotal moment um, in my childhood experience. Again, I just really want to celebrate the church before I get to this this pivotal moment because it was in the church that I found father figures. It was in Mm. the church that I found male, my first male role models, really helping to shape identity, helping to shape perspective on life, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I saw men in the church who stuck with their wives, who stuck with their families, and that made an indelible lasting impression upon me. Yeah, that's a blessing. Absolutely. That is a blessing. Absolutely. Absolutely. A a very important factor of my upbringing. Mm -hmm. When I was in high school, Bob, the only thing I knew, the only thing I knew is that I was not going to go on to college. You know, towards the end of my high school, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew what I was not going to do. Okay. Right. And this is multiple degrees later, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) that that didn't hold up. But Well, God had a different plan than you. Obviously. Obviously. (laughs) He he changed that thing all the way up. Um, uh, that, That was the only thing I knew. But I had a fascinating opportunity towards the end of my junior year. Um, leading into the senior year in high school 
uh, whereby I was able to serve in the special education department of my high school. Really? And when I was serving in the special education department of my high school, and I promise I'm going to pause after this story because I don't know if we'll have time for me to go into more. But when I was serving in the special education department of my high school, what I found out is where Dante Covington was during the school day. You see, Dante was a star running back on my school's football team, Argo Community High School. Dante was a guy who can get kisses on the cheek from all of the girls, all different ethnicities. And I'm like, man, I want to be, everybody's talking about (laughs) they want to be like Mike. I want to be like Dante, Dante, you understand? Uh, Because I couldn't get the kisses on the cheeks or the hugs, you know? But but Dante got them. So people like myself and my peers were affirming all of these positive attributes and assets of Dante Covington. But what I saw was that the school system prioritized his deficits. Mm. And even though this was a very able bodied person, Mm -hmm. the school segmented him to a different department, different lunch, different PE during the school day as a special education student. Really? And something within me said, that's not right. That doesn't feel right. Yeah. Which propelled me uh, to study special education um, as an undergrad student at the University of Illinois. Wow. And during my studies and as I conducted research, what I found, in fact, is that during the time there indeed was an over representation of black boys who get special ed labels such as behavior disorder mm-hmm. and learning dis- disabled or, okay. or having learning disabilities. Right. So so in some of those subjective areas, right, mm-hmm. whereby there is a lack of representation of teachers that look like these boys, they're getting these labels. Okay. So, Bob, that was the impetus Um, of my journey into the field of education, which now, again, amalgamates into really an aspiration and desire for urban education reform, where there are pockets of individuals, families, and youth that are being disserviced based on systemic injustice or whatever it is. I believe now that God has inspired me to be a part of that change. Yeah. And boy, you say it so well because Mm. it's systemic. I mean, Mm. it's just like, how do we... How did we change and reverse this? Now, we're going to get into that because uh, uh, Together Chicago is have initiatives out there, folks, that you are really going to be interested in hearing about. And the work that these you know, folks are doing is absolutely God-inspiring mm. because uh, they've collected and brought together a body of people from all. And I don't want to get into it too much because I don't want to spoil it for Damon because he's going to talk about that more. He's got more intimate knowledge than I do. But when I first heard about it, back I think it was around... 16 or 17, I thought, man, if you can pull this off, this is what we need. This is what we need. And now we've got somebody sitting in front of me in, in, the, in the choir here that's going to tell us all about that. Um, you know, I, you, going through school, so you, you talked about it really quickly. We've only got about a minute left. Absolutely. Multi-degrees, what's that mean? You went to University of Illinois. University right? of Illinois was yeah. my undergrad experience, yeah. and then after that, I went on to get my MDiv, Master's mm-hmm. in Divinity Studies, right. from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. Yep. Up, I up, tried up. to go and get my PhD in education. Yeah. Uh, we had a daughter at the same time. I realized that I couldn't do all-nighters, yeah. so that didn't work, Bob. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> well, folks, you got to stay tuned here because there's a whole lot more that Damien's going to bring to the party here. 
But, uh, you know, I'm going to also talk to you a little bit. I'm going to tease you a little bit about G7 and how it is growing here in Chicago and all the fantastic things that we're doing with that. But I want to get you stay tuned now because we're coming back and Damien is going to really get into what Together Chicago is all about and particularly his role in this. Because you've heard his heart and you've heard him articulate. He's after this as far as the educational system. We're going to be right back with Damien Howard. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, I'm proud to welcome Inbound Studio as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. Uh, They've generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain the Faith Marketplace website. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to help small mid-market businesses be efficient and effective in getting results from their marketing technology. With a vast experience, Inbound Studios builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that proves a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. So get out and check out our website because Marshall is very responsible for that website. As a result, the company has evolved into a premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest. I encourage you to go out and check them out. InboundStudio.studio. Again, InboundStudio.studio. Well, I got to tell you, uh, we're back here with Damian Howard, and we ended up with his education, you know, where he went to University of Illinois and then ended up at Trinity for his MDev. So there was a little bit of a gap in there. So let's talk about that. Why why did you make that switch, and why not go on for a master's in, in education? Well, Bob, <laughs> I thought I would be going on <laughs> for a master's in education, Anecdotally, I I just praise God for every step in my journey because I'm a person who doesn't have any regrets because anything that I've desired to do in life, I've at least tried it. And that brings me to just further iterate on your question. So I thought that um, I would be on a pathway to become a school administrator. My my first two years as a special education teacher at Urbana High School, um, I looked at and I studied and and saw closely the lives of those administrators there in the school. Uh, And that school district wanted to pay for me to be on a pipeline to become a principal Mm -hmm. um, within the Urbana School District. Mm -hmm. And me seeing the lives of administrators, how they had to show up for everything. I wasn't married at the time, Mm -hmm. but I knew that one day I would want a family. And it just seemed like that would always be combating against my aspirations as a family man. Okay. So that's when you made the determination that wasn't in the cards for you. But, <laughs> you know, making that swing now to go to Trinity, get an MDiv, so what was behind that? So the thing that was behind me going to Trinity is probably different than 99.9% of other people who went to seminary. Okay. When I went to seminary, I went to seminary based on an aspiration to know God's word better and have okay. a heightened ability to apply God's word to my life. Okay. Right. So you had, you had selfish reasons. Then. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. 100% selfish. <laughs> okay. And when I went to seminary, I quickly found out that all of the people who had biblical studies background and, and backgrounds and things of that nature and who are um, on an accelerated pipeline towards becoming preachers and, and different ministers, 
um, it, it was really a bit of a culture shock for me mm-hmm. because there were preconceptions as far as what I knew and what I had experienced as far as having a biblical background and knowledge, uh, knowing some of the ologies and, mm-hmm. and things of this nature that I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, initially, that is, isn't even what I was in seminary for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was more a selfish application reason right. and purpose behind why right. I wanted to go study on a master's level. And then another thing was I wasn't going to go and get another undergrad. So right. I, I was like, go and, 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 and consider, you know, a master's level study um, and, and theological studies. And by the way, there's a pastor, a preacher, well-known um, preacher in the Chicagoland area by the name of Charlie Dates, yep. who actually went to the yep. University of Illinois as well. Yes. And he was the only black man that I knew who went to seminary that I knew personally. OK. So at the time, he was an assistant um, minister and pastor over at Salem mm-hmm. Baptist Church. And um, I went and sat with him and I asked him about seminary mm-hmm. and uh he is the reason actually why i went to trinity evangelical divinity yeah, school he, for my mdiv yeah he came out of trinity yeah, yeah absolutely trinity the, and u of i yeah i've had mm-hmm. the privilege and the honor of watching him talk so it's been uh, he's mm-hmm. he brings it oh yeah <laughs> i love him it's an amazing order he is yeah he is so what's that done for you once you went through all of that and it changed your perspective a little bit because you kind of did a selfish mode what what changed then after you experienced all that I won't say that much changed outside of an aspiration to consider what ministry would mean for me um, in, in alignment with what I saw a lot of my peers aspiring towards, okay. which is becoming a preacher, becoming right. a pastor, right. uh, planning a church. Right. So uh, shortly after seminary, about three years after seminary, I actually uh, started a church plant on the west side of Chicago. Okay. And what I quickly realized, and concurrent with this, I was still teaching full time, right? So mm-hmm. the whole bivocational ministry thing. Yep. What I quickly realized is that showing up on Sunday and having that unilateral approach to ministry did not work for me. Mm. It had to be more holistic. Uh, mm-hmm. By the end of just that three-year campaign of launching that or uh, trying to launch that church plant, right. um, we had a leadership deca- academy. We were doing entrepreneurial development. Um, obviously, we were doing mentoring work. Uh, me as an educator in the school that I worked worked for, as well as other schools, and, and, and just really trying to do my best to bring comprehensive wraparound services to that community, the near west side of Chicago, near where the where the United Center is. Right. Um, I was trying to do my best to do as much as I could on my own. Mm. And again, that was around that time that I met Mark Chasman. Yeah, He's like, go. Damien, you're going to kill yourself yeah, if you don't right. find a team. Right. Hence, finding Together Chicago. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Together Chicago. How'd that come about? Yeah. So around the 2017, 2018 school year, around that time, by that time, we had dissolved the church plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Evangelical Covenant Church said, hey, what you're doing is great, but that is not the vision mm-hmm. that you <laughs> that, that we signed up for right. um, and backing you. And I get it because it absolutely wasn't. It right. was, like I said, something holistic. It was vastly different than just traditional sense of what Sunday ministry looks like and what that entails. So all things uh, considered, when you ask how did Together Chicago come about, By this time, I had been mentored by Mark for a few years. And what started happening is that me working in one school, though it was it was a great experience. The kids loved me. I loved them. Administration loved me. Um, We were having great academic success. Um, All of the above. It was a good experience. (laughs) 
Um, but I just started really feeling suffocated in just one building. Okay. And started feeling this sense of, Damien, you have more in you to impact positive change across the entire city of Chicago. Right. And even through the work that you're doing in Chicago to create a model for education reform across the nation. That's fabulous. And urban settings. That's great. So it was like I hit a spiritual, intellectual um, wall whereby me serving one school building wasn't cutting it. Okay. And at that point, I just started blurting out urban education reform everywhere I can go. And I was in um, a, a meeting summer of 2018 at Wrigley Field, actually. And the CFO for Together Chicago, Marco Halloran, somebody yep. who you know, yep. he was in that room as well. The co-CEO, Michael Allen, was in that room as well. Yep. And somebody, you know, pointed at me, Damien, stand up. Tell us what's making your heart palpitate, right? First, I had yep. to look up the word palpitate. I'm like, what are you talking about, <laughs> right? And then when I got clicked, because I'm just fascinated by words, right? Yeah, and I'm right. like, ah, that's not a part of my usable vocabulary yet. <laughs> now it is. Uh, but anyway, after I looked that up and I was clear on what they said, I said, oh, oh, this is what they're talking about? So when I stood up, urban education reform, I'm excited about it. Bob, by the way, I didn't fully even know what it meant at the time <laughs> or what I meant by that. I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah. But that's what I was saying. That's what you're saying. And the same way I'm looking you in your eye right yep. now, I stood up with full passion, um, with no kind of like hesitation. <laughs> it was all all gas, no brakes, right? <laughs> and my presentation of that piece, and Mark pulled me to the side and said, Damien, I think we have room for you on our Together Chicago team, and the rest has been history. So what did you know about your, your, uh, Together Chicago at that time? I knew nothing about Together Chicago. I had never heard of it at the time. Together Chicago as a burgeoning organization right. was still taking form and taking shape. Why don't you share with the audience then, because then we'll get into what your role is in it you know, mm -hmm. in the next session, but why don't you educate the, the folks here as to what it is? Yeah, so Together Chicago came together in 2016 with our co-CEOs, right. Michael Allen yep. and David Dillon. It's a great yeah. creature in, in his own right. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So these two gentlemen were having their own kind of siloed conversations with their people, right. talking about transformation and change in the city of Chicago, specifically right. a reduction in violence. Right. You know, we saw a peak in violence summer 2016, and everyone's just like, we have to do something about this. Right. Eventually, they brought, they brought their groups together, and they just saw fit to say, not only are we going to go after violence reduction, but in order for us to do that, we want to have multiple pillars of impact and influence. Yep. Guess what? Education is one of those. You and I lead the education sector. Yep. I love the work that we're doing in the faith mobilization area as well. Mm -hmm. I call out the name Dr. John Futer. A lot of folks know oh, yeah. him for yep. his work at Moody, for his yep. work with Chicagoland United in Prayer. And yep. he's a team member of mine yep. uh, with Together Chicago. Also, we're doing work in economic development. Gospel Justice Centers is another sector of our work. Okay. Um, and then, obviously, uh, violence reduction. I think I named all five of them there. <laughs> yeah, all five pillars, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Michael's been on the show. Um, John's been on the show. Yeah. Uh, never got Dave here. I, okay. I, wrestled with, I had Mark here. Mark okay. was on the show, but we haven't got... So, since that time now, this thing has grown, mm -hmm. obviously, grown in stature and influence. So, where are you at right now? You sit, You told me you got, what, how many people now do you have? Yeah, so we, we're we're well over 30 individuals now okay. uh, because we have a growing, and I would even say robust, street outreach team. Okay. So, we're literally adding on communities, even as we speak, uh, that are really somewhat reaching out to us and saying, okay. we see what it is that you all are doing on the near west side of Chicago. Right. And we would love for you to come into some of these other communities and do violence reduction work 
for the sake of our communities as well. That's it's a great. Fa- fascinating work. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I know that uh, Michael's heart was, he's really into that. Some of the stories he tells have been phenomenal. Yeah. You know, I can remember that. I can't believe we're out of time in this segment. Wow. Well, we're going to d- dig in now exactly your role in this, especially bringing your talent and your gifts and your specialty as far as education, because I know that's your passion. But, you know, this whole thing of uh, Together Chicago, that's why I wanted the, the audience to hear about this. It's been a while since we talked about it. So this is great. I can't believe the time is up in this segment, but uh, I'm going to be going to be back here with uh, Damon Howard again. We're going to be talking more about Together Chicago, his role in there, and some of the other stuff that he's involved in in the, in the in the city. I think you're going to be fascinated with what he's doing. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, are you looking for increased ways uh, to increase your business? Uh, Are you hungry for business relationships that matter, that help you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually? Well, welcome to G7 Networking with Purpose, where we form relationships that lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Experience networking with others of like mind and spirit via monthly meetings that follow a powerful format that invites interaction and connection. Immerse yourself in the proprietary G7 app, sharing leads, prayer requests, and increased visibility with the entire G7 network. Chapters are forming here in Chicagoland. I'm proud to say that I'm the regional manager here in Chicago. We have five chapters up now. We're looking for more, getting a lot of interest now. So if this is something you want to get connected to where you can grow spiritually and also in business and connect with other like-minded people, uh, reach out to me. You can reach me at area code 312-210-0603. And the keyword, the letter G and the numeral 7, and I will get back to you. Now, we're back here again with our guest, uh, Damian Howard. He is the Director of Education Initiatives with Together Chicago. We're going to jump in here uh, as to what his role actually is, okay? So, um, what's the ideal client for what it is that you're doing? I wish I can give you (laughs) a two-word answer to that. But when you talk about the ideal client, I think first and foremost, we got to focus on geography. Okay. Right? Okay. And I alluded to this earlier. We have, and I had this passion even before joining Together Chicago, an aspiration to see pockets of the West and South Side of Chicago, whereby there is just a high level of poverty Mm -hmm. and then the things that come along with poverty that are plaguing those communities. So when you ask who's my ideal client, it's it's folks who live in those pockets. And by the way, I grew up in one of those pockets, right? (laughs) Uh, So it's it's, it's folks in those areas. But if we are very specific and we get really focused on the education initiatives, hey, we want to ultimately see the kids, youth, young people, pre-K through 12 who are in Chicago schools to have the barriers that are in their way to be removed. Now, yeah. once once we do that, we're touching parents mm-hmm. as we're doing that. And in order to adequately do that, we're touching educators, administrators across the board. Yeah. But let's just be very clear that the end goal is those babies, is, is those kids across Chicago. Yeah, you know, it, it all starts with education. I mean, I've heard mm. this, I've heard this refrain over and over and over again. 
it just amazes me that we could put rockets on the moon and all the rest of it, but we can't do this, the basic stuff of getting the education to folks. Because you're right, systemically in society, this would solve a lot of the issues that we're having, but I don't get what, what's the holdup here. So the initiative that you're doing now, it sounds like you guys are breaking through a lot of some of this stuff now, these barriers, right? Bob, we're attempting to. Okay. We're attempting to. Yeah. Taking this thing one day at a time, one well, step I, at a time. I love the theme of Together Chicago because mm. it brings in a lot of different constituencies. You, you got a lot of these pockets of silos out there, you know, and it just seems like everybody's got good intentions, but you're kind of working at multiple purposes or, or cross purposes. And so I'm thrilled to hear that you're making ground on this thing. So you told me earlier, how many schools are you serving now? Bob, I am pleased to announce that this last school year, mm-hmm. uh, we had over 76 schools. Wow. So Somehow impacted, wow. engaged with our work. Hey, that's and, and here, here's the here's the the most important point. Yeah, three thousand two hundred plus students, wow. young people, positively impacted because together Chicago and our partners exist. Yeah, exactly. Now, is this all grade levels that you work with? Yeah, pre-K through twelve primarily. We've also done some training and some work actually with some of the community colleges. Uh, ment- mentorship training for okay. mentors of community college students. Yeah, I mean, because you, you got to multiply this thing. So I'm assuming that when you go in, I mean, th- th- you're covering a lot of ground here, 76 schools. Yeah. That's a lot of ground. Yeah. How are you finding reception within the schools themselves uh, to this? Well, the schools, particularly in some of our areas that we are emphasizing, right. They are more open than I've ever seen, wow. Bob. And I come to wow. this conversation as an educator, right? With almost two decades of experience, right? In schools myself, mm-hmm. collaborating and observing administrators myself. Yep. And what I see with this climate right now is a willingness and an openness for the community to come in, serve, love one, and support. Okay, that's great news, man. God praise the Lord. Uh, do you think it has to do with the fact that what, what you're, how you're coming at this is different than what they've seen in the past? I think that there are so many factors yeah. that are in play and mm-hmm. contributing to our current climate that it would take eight more segments <laughs> uh, for me to have enough time to talk well, about all of that. One of the things I, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, we know where the power is coming from. Absolutely. <laughs> we know where the Absolutely. power is coming from. Absolutely. Yeah. We give God credit and glory. Yep. What, what, what I will say is that COVID mm. accelerated a cognizance of educators understanding that we can't do this work alone. Yeah. Bob, I don't know if you've seen any of the stats But every day when I look at Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm seeing more and more administration roles where they're needing principals, where they're needing teachers because folks are leaving the profession. Yeah. Like this pandemic Mm -hmm. was hard on the education sector. Yep. So as such, I just think that that plays a vital role in school leaders being more open to Mm -hmm. saying, especially hear this, if we can get some free help. Yeah. Right. And then secondly, let me say this, yeah. especially if we can get free, impactful and effective help. Yeah. Why wouldn't we take that? Yeah. So I just think that is such an amazing opportunity. Oh, might I even say Kairos moment for yeah. the church yeah. to say, hey, we're committed to evangelism. And here is just such a ready environment 
to be evangelized, you bet. namely the schools within the communities that we want to serve and support. And I'm raising my hand over here saying we have a model that works. Hear me, Bob, when I say yeah. let's go. Yeah, let's go. I love it. I love your motto with that. Let's go. Yes, sir. How? What's the reception and what feedback have you gotten from parents on this? <laughs> One of the aspects of our work that our co-CEO, Michael Allen, always is just asking me about and wanting to see more of is parent training Mm. that's steeped in the field of what I would call social and emotional learning. We are leveraging the field of social and emotional learning, namely SEL, to increase parent engagement in schools, Mm. to empower parents in a way where they have an elevated voice Mm. to be a part of the change that we want to see. Yep. Our parents who are partaking in this training are saying things like what Shamika Jones, um, a parent from a West Side school, said during the pandemic. She said, I don't believe I would have made it through the pandemic if it wasn't for this training. Wow. Like that's the type wow. of feedback that we're getting. Yeah. I think there was a little bit of a hyperbole there. <laughs> so I'll go hey, ahead and call that out. But well, I just thank God, you yeah, know, for you the impact. Glory to God, because that's what, you know, and you're absolutely right uh, in this whole thing right now, Damon. I, I just feel that God's presence is really wow. being accelerated. You wow. Know? Uh, I'm I'm uh, sharing with people about how every major tech company now has Bible study groups in them, mm-hmm. which a lot of people didn't know, mm-hmm. uh, have a clue to, because they thought they were godless. But there's a, there's a you know two individuals I just interviewed, one with Meta as a, on a strategic level globally, another one with uh, Microsoft. That's just, I mean the stories are unbelievable. So to your to your point though. Things are changing, and I think that that COVID or that what we went through with that has really w- woken a lot of the folks up, and also wow. brought them back maybe to the center point of relationships count, family counts, all these things count now more so than what they were before. Um, you know, but anyway, I, I don't want. Hey, Bob, before we here. too hastily yeah. go on to the next segment. Uh, those folks from Meta and those other corporations, let them know we're looking for yeah, sponsors at Together <laughs> Chicago to help us with this education work. <laughs> well said, buddy. I, you know, I got a megaphone for a mouth, so you know what? You know, I'm going to turn them on to you. That's absolutely true. Uh, you know, in all the resources that you guys are bringing to the forefront, uh, very quickly <clears throat> here, because I know there's a couple things we want to get to on this. Um, if you were to, as a young man and looking at all your experience now, what words of wisdom would you have given to your younger self? Bob, I would have really encouraged and even forced my younger self to get serious about the opportunity of compound interest mm. a lot earlier okay. and figured out vehicles that allowed me to take advantage of compound interest um, even before my 20s. Okay. Uh, to say, and, and, and to not be too entrenched in a mindset that if I don't have, I can't invest or I can't save. Right. Because that plagued me for a long time. Mm -hmm. Had I been able to overcome that early, earlier, Mm -hmm. and had a stubborn commitment uh, to follow my plan uh, towards leveraging and uh, being able to value the benefit of compound interest, Mm -hmm. um, that would have been uh, the game changer that I would go back and, and teach my younger self about. Okay. Now, this is the one we wanted to get to because I Let's want this go. audience to hear this one. Interesting, funny, cool, and you got something cool to announce to us. What is that? Well, Bob, I am so elated because just this week, something happened that I had been dreaming about for 20 years, Bob. <laughs> for 20 years, I've been wanting to see nonprofits having a willingness and an ability to go after funding together. Mm, okay. I just 
believe without doubt that we can do things better if we do it together. Hence, yep. Together Chicago. I there guess that's go. why it's such a good fit for me because this just matches my heart's palpitation. I told y'all that's a <laughs> word that's in my usable vocabulary now. So anyway, um, I've joined forces with this um, movement called Brilliance and Excellence. And we just recently filed and became a nonprofit as well. This organization represents over 20 different youth serving organizations that are led wow. by professional youth development workers, wow. including myself. Sure. So all of us thought that, wow, we've been doing whatever we've been doing for the longest and our boys and young men of color are still dying on the streets of Chicago. Mm. I'll tell you, Bob, um, not too long ago, about a month ago, one of the mentees um, that's connected to this movement, he got shot by the bean downtown. Oh, and no. this really accelerated our aspiration to come together and do work. We just applied for some funding through the Obama Foundation together, and okay. we're just doing things that I haven't seen before. I knew you, folks. I told you he's going to bring it. Yes, indeed. Hey, we've got one more segment to go here, and i got to tease you a little bit. This is going to be a mystery subject roundtable that Damien and I are going to get into. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, Damian Howard. He's the Director of Education Initiatives. You've heard a lot about Together Chicago, and he specifically. And boy, if you didn't get some passion out of this guy about how he wants to educate and help out folks that are in underserved and underprivileged areas, uh, you weren't listening very loud. But Damian, we got this mystery subject that we're going to round. What are we going to round table? Bob, it would be <laughs> such a privilege and pleasure if we could talk about urban education reform. Okay, that's great. That is a great one. And it's a mystery to me, okay, because, yeah. I, you know, for all the resources we have and living in this great country of ours and also in this great city of ours, how it's, it's almost impossible for me to understand why we haven't had a better. But you've got some ideas on that. I know that you've got some ideas about that. So why don't we, well, let's chew on it. What's your idea on how we can reform this thing? Bob, not only do I have ideas that are steeped in now almost two decades of experimentation and iteration, I just got to really, first and foremost, give some language to how my heart is responding to when you say, Damien, like, why haven't we been able to figure this out? I want to respond with a question as an answer to your question. Okay. Do we want to figure it out? Mm. Because yeah. my thinking is the things that are important enough, we figured them out. We found innovative ways to either create, bring about new technology, mm -hmm. find the people, assets and resources that are necessary to bring about the change that we want to see. Mm -hmm. Why do we still have such an antiquated approach to education, right. public education specifically? Yeah. And you say that question is basically, do we really want to? I believe I believe that that's something that's worth conversation. The same way that we're having this roundtable opportunity right, right. now, based on what I wanted to talk about the most, mm -hmm. I think that not only do we need to keep talking about this, but there's a sense that who, where's the accountability? 
okay. for us to bring about the change that our kids need. How much does a marketplace, business, and, 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 and corporations have a, a role in this, and what could they do to effectively make something change? Businesses have a critical role. Right. You heard me just find a way to give a pitch, and I did it kind of in a joking way, but I did it with great intentionality. Mm-hmm. Because when I look at my work, when I look at the history of my work, and not only that, when I learn of, and I have learned of effective models, mm-hmm. guess who's there in a way that I just don't see them there in the education sector here in the city, at least with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's the business sector. Okay. The business sector has the ability that when we learn what these school leaders are saying our priorities are to help us to finance this work. Okay. And this isn't just haphazard, <clears throat> random stuff. Right. I have a school leader, Tiffany Tillman on the west side of Chicago, that wants to bring about a laundry facility. Um, uh, she wants to have a shower and she wants a resource room in her school. Mm-hmm. Why? Because her kids and her family need access to these resources because they live in a community that does not have them. Got it. Okay. So that's a role. What, now, uh, so, you know, again, education, the education system, as you said, is broke. There's no question about it. It's behind the times, uh, sorely behind the times. And it breaks my heart because we're falling farther and farther behind in this mm-hmm. country now. What my my thing about this with business bringing into this, it should be in their own self-interest because where's the future of the employees that they're going to bring in, okay? So how can we make that something that is re- resounds with them that this is in their own self-interest to start getting involved in these communities and bringing resources like this? Bob, I think it starts with campaigning, mm-hmm. which is something that for whatever reason I haven't been intentional about. Okay. I need to take advantage. And that's why I said yes today to be on your show. And I knew yep. exactly what I wanted to talk about. Yep. Like more people need to hear exactly what you just said. Yep. It's in the best interest of all of us to get on board with this work. And by the way, business leader, yeah. guess what they're doing in schools? Yep. They're training kids on soft skills. They're talking about self-awareness and self-management, responsible decision-making with kids and mm-hmm. with their families, yep. right? So what that does is that gives you a ready pool of people that you can hire that have strengths in those areas. Yep. You can teach them how to code, right? But you need them to come already able to be people who are self-aware, yep. who are reflective, who know how to pause for a moment before they go off. Okay. And that's the type of stuff, again, that Together Chicago is helping to happen across the city of Chicago. Talk a little bit about SEL. Yeah. So social and emotional learning, when I hit that wall summer of 20, <laughs> 2018, um, when, when, when I got to that point that I wanted to really kind of focus on what I could do to be a part of change mm-hmm. that I thought our system needed. Mm-hmm. And actually, by, by the way, this is point number one when it comes to urban education reform is that mm-hmm. we need transformative programming. Okay. And what I believe is the most transformative programming that we need to emphasize is SEL. Okay. We've already talked about the fact that SEL helps young people to be further ready for the workforce. Yep. And by the way, I'm not just taking my cues from social and emotional learning, jar, um, literature reviews and things of that, that nature. I'm also taking my cues from all of these studies in the emotional intelligence realm as well. Mm, yep. And we see that we're teaching adults the same things that SEL is trying to teach the kids to say that if you want to be the type of person that's more employable, you better learn this stuff. Yeah. Right. And in addition to that, 
There is meta-analyses and multiple studies at this point over now almost a decade that have proven effectively that once we grow these five core competencies in young people, not only are they best positioned to, again, be ready for post-secondary experiences, they are better positioned to excel Mm -hmm. academically, and now they have increased social uh, competencies that help them to relate to their peers and grow their community. So- in Together Chicago's efforts, and you got multiplicity, and you got some great, you know, influencers and some other stuff. Is there, to, to your point, a campaign, an intentional campaign to go into these corporations and educate the corporations on how valuable this is for the future of their businesses? Together Chicago has two amazing, innovative, and creative leaders, mm-hmm. and Michael Allen and David Dillon. Right, and. I'm sure that I only know a fraction of everything that they have in their minds to take Mm -hmm. this movement and to take this work to the next level. Right. Uh, What I will say is I know that we have corporations that are connected to our work. Mm -hmm. As far as this campaigning aspect of what we're talking about, I want to be very clear that I am selfishly speaking from the perspective of the guy who leads the education work. Right. There's a huge aspiration to see more of this happening for the sake of our kids. And I'm not doing it yet. Mm hmm. Okay. Well, that's why we picked at this one, because we got to bring some help to this, you know. And I, my belief is, in hearing you, that, you know, this is a, a, an ongoing problem. And to your point, who wants to change it? You know, until we get some initiative or some people stepping up, it only takes a couple of them to lead the way. Absolutely. Yeah, you know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, uh, it only takes a couple people to step up into this of influence, particularly with the size companies we've got in Chicagoland area. They've got a lot of resources to really step into something like that and champion it and get behind it. You know? Companies and churches, by the way. Well, the, the when, other, of yeah. course, the churches. When I just saw 100 plus volunteers from all Willow campuses mm-hmm. serve one of my schools on the South Side, Doolittle Elementary School, my heart was overjoyed. Wow. Because to your point, that then now, had it, it, th- those are now photos, those are now testimonies that we can give to the larger body and say, let's do more of this. And I'm going to encourage you to, in those congregations, those churches, because the body of Christ is made up of a lot of business people. Absolutely. Yeah, okay? You know, 90% of the people in that congregation get up and go to work on Monday. Absolutely. Unfortunately, a lot of them leaving Jesus in the car because <clears throat> they don't want to be labeled or whatever the case might be. But when you speak to those churches and you get that volunteerism, uh, I'm sure you're you know, pitching them on the fact that we need the help from the corporations and people, the f- folks that are giving you your salaries and, and working, you know, that kind of thing. I can't believe we're out of time. Folks, I, I, we could go on for another hour and a half here with Damien, probably eight days. But I want to thank Damien very much for being here today. You obviously have heard his heart and his voice. And just get out there and check it out uh, at uh, Together Chicago. His name is Damon Howard. How can they get a hold of you real quick? TogetherChicago.com forward slash education. And you have all of my information right there. I am so excited for everybody who's going to reach out. Let's talk. (laughs) Amen. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.